0: Hey friends, welcome back to Real Talk with Rachel. I'm your host, Rachel Gilbert. Life isn't about finding yourself. It's about discovering who God created you to be. But things like fear, insecurities, lies, and even past wounds keep us from receiving God's best and releasing the very best version of ourselves into the world. This show is a safe place you can come to hear relevant engaging, and authentic topics to help you get real, live free, and pursue your God-given dreams. Today's guest is going to inspire you with creative ways to get in God's word because we all know it is absolutely impossible to live free without it. Asherita is a best-selling author and speaker, wife to her high school sweetheart, and mama to three spunky kiddos. She grew up in Romania as a missionary kid and studied English and women's ministry at Cedarville University. She's the founder of One Thing Alone Ministries, an online ministry that helps overwhelmed women find joy in Jesus through creative and consistent time in God's Word. Be sure to stay tuned to the end to hear how to enter to win a copy of that book. Moody Publishers will provide three giveaway copies of Ashrita's latest book, Bible and Breakfast. This book would make the perfect Christmas gift, so you're going to want to grab several copies. All right, let me go ahead and introduce you to the conversation I had with my friend, Asherita. Hey, Asherita, how are you? Good.
1: How are you doing, Rachel?
0: I'm doing good. I'm excited to get you on the podcast today. We have a lot of fun things to chat about. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Yay. Okay. So in the beginning, whenever I introduce the guests for the show, I always do a formal introduction, you know, the, the bio, but I always love for my guests just to tell me something. If you and I were just meeting up in a coffee shop for the first time, what's something maybe about yourself you'd tell me that I wouldn't see listed in your bio?
1: Probably that I did a triathlon. The summer before I got pregnant with my third child. Wow. And that was a ton of fun. And I can't wait to do it again.
0: Wow. Okay. I'm majorly impressed right now. My husband and I love to do <laughs> we've done a marathon. We've hiked the Grand Canyon rim to rim. We've done we do Spartans. I have not done a triathlon and it's because the swimming part terrifies me. Oh, <laughs> it's
1: so much fun, Rachel. The whole time the whole like swim course that you could touch the bottom, so oh. it wasn't like dangerous, or it, like, was, it was a good intro course.
0: Do you get in trouble if you stop and like? Have a, no, have a break no. on the bottom?
1: <laughs> okay, At least the one the one I did. It was just a lot of fun and everyone was there to cheer each other on. So you should give it a try.
0: Okay. See, that's encouraging because I just have visions of me drowning out there and them having to send the rescue oh, no. squad out to get me. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know how great that would be. Okay. All right. I'll look into I it.
1: Say, like, <laughs> the training period really made me a better swimmer. Mm-hmm. So I've always loved to swim, but I learned like proper swim technique and stroke and things yeah. like that. So if you train for it, it really becomes enjoyable.
0: That's so awesome. Okay. That's why I love to ask this question. Cause we always get to know fun things about each other. <laughs> Tell us a little about you. You have actually written several books, right?
1: Yeah. So my first book came out on, well, I don't know, three years ago and it's called Fool, Food, Jesus, and the Battle for Satisfaction. And it's about my journey from overcoming food fixation and finding joy in Jesus. Uh, and that's that's probably the most personal of the books I've written so far, and I've written a few others, but I really want to get into and talk about Bible and Breakfast, because that's just alive in my heart right now.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm going to actually bring you back on the podcast to talk about Full, because if anybody listening to us right now is probably like, oh, that's what they're going to talk about, because I did a... That's, I have a very similar background of what God has brought me freedom in. And this summer, I did a biblical body image series here on the podcast. So that sounds like something the listeners would love to listen to talk about. Yeah, I I would love to talk about that. So we'll bring her back on and we'll talk about that. And you guys definitely leave me your questions either on iTunes or Instagram, wherever you want. We'll do that for sure. Today, though, we're going to talk about Bible and Breakfast, which I'm really excited about this book. When is it going to be released?
1: It comes out October 1st.
0: October 1st. That's super exciting. So as you're listening to this, the book should be released. And um, tell us a little about it, the heart behind it, how it got started, all of that.
1: I grew up in a Christian family and loved Jesus with all of my heart and really loved doing inductive Bible study as a teenager. But as I got married, got a job, um, then had kids, it just became harder and harder to spend a long time in that type of deep study. And I'm an all or nothing kind of girl. Hence my struggle with food. (laughs) Like I'm either eating all the way healthy or I'm just giving me all the ice cream. And I kind of tended to have that approach toward Bible study too. Like if I have a full hour to sit down, then I'll do it. And if I don't, then I'll just wait until I do. And so it would be sometimes days or weeks before I sat down with God's word. And a few years ago, I don't know if you're familiar with the 31 day writing challenge or blogging challenge that happens in October, but I decided to invite my friends to join me for 31 days of reading the Bible while we eat breakfast. Mm. And the idea was to link this new habit to an already established habit because again, we already established I'm a foodie. I will never miss breakfast. (laughs) Um, That just has first place in my life. And so linking those two together seems like a good idea. In that first year, we had over a thousand women join us in Bible and Breakfast. Wow! I still hear from women saying, I'm still doing it. And some things that really, um, I think were different about that challenge and are different about my approach in the book, and I'm sure we'll talk more about it, but you don't need to spend 60 minutes reading the Bible in order to feed your soul. Like, two or three minutes can be enough. So I have this approach of snacking on scripture and then feasting on God's word. And we can get more into that. But that really has been a game changer for me.
0: Wow, I love that. And you know, I do know about that writing challenge. Crystal Stein now hosts it, right? Yeah. Did Was she hosting it when you did it then? Uh, yeah. yeah, she's been a guest on this podcast, and she's actually speaking at the Declare Conference in October, which I help co-host. So I love those things. I have confess that I have never jumped into that challenge, and I really probably should this
1: year, because every year it's like, oh, I don't know. But you're inspiring me to want well, to do it. So. <laughs> it's a lot of work. Um, I will say it's a lot of work. The year I did it is I invited other friends to come on the blog and share their favorite breakfast idea oh. in a Bible that was really speaking to them. So it wasn't just me writing for 31 days. It was like 30 of my friends and we were all doing this together. So if you can think of a way to like bring in community, it really helps with the accountability but also making it more fun. That's so cool.
0: Yeah, so you mentioned the all or nothing thing. I think a lot of us can relate to that. I know I for sure can. I even see that, you know, you mentioned it with food. I see it in exercise too that people think if I can't give an hour or two in the gym, then I'm just doing nothing well, we all know that's, it's, you know, the truth is even moving five minutes is better than no minutes, right? And so mm-hmm. I'm curious, what have you seen? I mean, obviously after this challenge, I would imagine you then started digging in even more to how women get do get held back from having that quiet time. What are some patterns you've seen with women and what holds them back from ha- having, having quiet time and getting in God's word?
1: Yeah, I think one of the things is this all nothing mindset. Another thing is having a formulaic approach. Like it has to be these certain activities in this order. You know, formulas are helpful to kind of teach us, but then freedom comes in breaking free of those formulas and out of those boxes. If you look at scripture, there's no one size fits all formula for quiet time in the Bible because God created each of us one of a kind. So, what I encourage women to do is, yeah, start with scripture. I firmly believe we need to be rooted in God's word so that we can hear his voice, we can know how he speaks and how he works in the world. But then allow his creativity to move you. Like some women feel closer to God out in nature. So I encourage them, pop in your earbuds and listen to the audio Bible as you go for a walk or as you walk your dog. Other women feel closer to God when they're doing something artistic. And so like Bible journaling is perfect for them or writing out scripture. Other women are visual learners and other are auditory learners and some are kinesthetic learners. And so acting out a passage of scripture can really help it come alive. So one thing that I do since that blogging challenge, I now do Bible and breakfast with my kids. We sit around the table a few times a week and we'll read a passage of scripture and go really slow. We ask questions. I use funny voices. <laughs> you know, I might bring out the salt shaker if we're talking about a grain of salt or, you know, maybe oils, if we're talking about the gifts that the Magi brought. And so just bringing in creativity, because if you become bored with your Bible routine, you're not going to stick with it. Mm. And let's be honest, there is nothing less boring than God and his word. So we do ourselves a disservice when we lock ourselves into formulas and think this is the only way to approach God when he is a God of creativity and he invites us to approach him creatively.
0: I love that you brought that point up because I do feel like so many of us get tempted to box ourselves in. I remember when the whole Bible journaling thing came out and then obviously it's just taken off, you know, people that's like what they, they do. And I remember getting a Bible journal and I will confess right here, live in front of everybody. Bible journaling stresses me out. It is not yeah. enjoyable because um, I'm not artistic in that way. I have different forms mm-hmm. of am. But something I love to do is what you mentioned, getting outside. I love going for runs. For me, runs is not about calorie counting or you know, you know, whatever. It's just like when I go for a run, all of a sudden it's like everything clears out in my mind and I put worship music on and it's like me and God just had Mm -hmm. this time. And I have to make sure I have like some way, usually have my phone with me where I can like write down stuff. He's speaking to me. And Mm -hmm. so, but, but isn't it true though, just back to your point that, you know, the creativity aspect is that, then there's some women who would look at that and be like, oh, that's horrible. I'm on a survival mission on my run, you know? And so if they tried Mm -hmm. to box themselves into my way that I like to Mm do, you know, quiet time, then that can be Mm -hmm. detrimental too. So I'm so glad you brought that point up. So then obviously there are a lot of Bible reading plans out there. How do you feel like what is in your book makes it a little different than most?
1: Well, I would say I wouldn't call it a Bible reading plan necessarily because it it's not topical. It's not like going through a book of the Bible. I just chose verses that were significant um, to each of my original contributors and kind of kept that legacy in the book. What makes this book different is that snack and feast approach. Mm-hmm. Um, so really, my heart with Bible and Breakfast is to help women form a habit of consistently reading the Bible while they eat breakfast. And some days, I don't know about you and your family, but some days like we have time to sit down and have a nice meal together and, you know, we can read maybe several passages together. And some days it's just survival mode and it's like, grab cereal, <laughs> grab a granola bar and let's go. And so for those days, having something short that still allows for that consistency in the habit This is based on a book called Atomic Habits and just thinking through taking what you want to do long term and breaking it down into its tiny, smallest incremental units. And so say you want to brush your or floss your teeth every night. Instead of saying, I'm going to floss my teeth every night, you say, I'm going to floss one tooth. Mm -hmm. And as you consistently do that one thing, it seems so easy that it lowers resistance in our brain. And so it's kind of the same thing. Read one verse. Just do that one snack for the day. And then if you have more time, then dive into the inductive Bible study that I lay out. Um, FEAST is actually an acronym I came up with for inductive Bible study. So women who've never studied the Bible from for themselves can build their confidence as they go through that FEAST acronym when they have time to do that.
0: That's awesome. And I'm curious, I know I have this question that would be, I would guess that people listening do too. What about somebody's listening and they're thinking, well, maybe their and their husband's schedules are different and they're, you know, they can't do breakfast altogether as a family, mm-hmm. but they can do dinner or maybe they do intermittent fasting. That's a big rage right now, you know, and people mm-hmm. are not, not mm-hmm. eating breakfast. And so like, what would you say, can you just take everything that you have in your book and apply it to dinner time? Or what would you say about that?
1: Absolutely. I mean, let's go back to what I said. There are no formulas, right? There's no right way to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, And so if dinner is that habit that everyone is doing it together consistently, then do dinner and and the Bible together. Um, If it's just, if you're really good about taking a lunch break at work, then bring your Bible with you for lunch. So again, there's no special magical formula about Bible and breakfast. It's just something that has worked for me and my family. And it's one way of linking a new habit to an already established habit, but I encourage readers to and listeners to just think about like how can I be creative about being consistent?
0: Yeah, ooh, I like that. How can I be creative about being consistent? I wanted to repeat that because that's worth noting, and I I figured that was what your answer was gonna be. But you know, one thing I've learned about the enemy is if we don't just say something out loud, sometimes like give people the freedom Mm -hmm. to say, Oh, Hey, breakfast doesn't work. Okay, cool. Let's do lunch. Let's do dinner. Let's, you know, let's do snack. Like what you mentioned, just really not bringing uh, that set of rules on. Cause I know that's not your heart at all. (laughs) Clearly for this. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And thinking in terms of instead of, I don't know, like this happens, has happened to me in seasons of life where I'll have like my time of Bible reading whenever it is morning or evening, and then the rest of my day, I don't think about that at all. Um, And so instead of kind of compartmentalizing it, thinking in terms of multiple snacks throughout the day, right? Mm -hmm. So maybe you have a little bit on your lunch break, maybe it's on your run, maybe when you're picking up the kids in the carpool line, or, you know, whatever the matter is, thinking in terms of how many touch points can I have with God and his word, so that I'm consistently meditating on his truth.
0: Oh, that's so good. Have you seen any quiet time stereotypes that you feel like are maybe more harmful than helpful?
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I think the biggest danger comes when we attach our perception of our righteousness with how consistent we are in our quiet time. Mm. Um and, and I get the heart of people saying you must, like, do quiet time every day. The truth is we don't have any mandate like that in Scripture. Mm. <laughs> there is no mention of quiet time in Scripture. There is valuing God's Word and hungering for Him. Um, and that's really where I want to draw women in. This isn't about legalism. It's not about earning God's favor. It's not about earning our salvation. I think we all, like most of us who've grown up in church might be like, well, yeah, I know I don't earn God's salvation, but now that I'm saved, like I have to do the good works, right? Mm -hmm. That's why God saved me. And the truth is Jesus Christ has accomplished everything that is needed for your salvation and your righteousness once and for all. And so he invites you then to come into relationship with him and to live out that freedom and that love so that we might grow to love him more. And so it's about hungering for him No matter what that looks like throughout our day.
0: Oh my goodness. It's so good. You know, one thing that's interesting about this is that you've mentioned, well, at the beginning of our conversation, I wasn't even planning this. You mentioned about that you did your triathlon, which anybody Mm -hmm. who's ever trained for a physical event knows that you have to have good habits like you know you have to say this is my training plan I'm going to actually do it and so what is the key to actually forming good habits obviously that's a that's a physical thing that we talked about there but even spiritually that's what this is what we're talking about habit formation do you have any thoughts on that
1: I'm so glad you brought that up because I think sometimes we can err on one side or the other. Like we can be super legalistic or we can be like, oh, it doesn't matter if you read God's word or not. Like God still loves you. And it's true. God does still love you. But are we growing (laughs) in his love or are we just staying stagnant? So like with the triathlon training program, I can't say that like I honestly felt like getting up and training every day. Like, I didn't feel like biking for 13 miles. It it wasn't a feeling that propelled me. It was my commitment to Mm -hmm. it. And I was always glad I had done it when it was over with. (laughs) But even in the doing of it, I wasn't necessarily thrilled with the process. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes we, we buy into this lie that if I'm not feeling close to God, or if I'm not feeling spiritual as I'm doing this, then I'm doing it wrong. And that's another lie from the enemy, right? Because um, our emotions cannot lead us, Mm -hmm. right? It's it's important to pay attention to our emotions. I know you're doing like a lot of studying and and counseling. It's important that we're aware of what's going on, but we need to allow the truth to lead us. So for an example, there was a whole season um, last year that my church was studying the gospel of John inductively with our women's ministry. And so I showed up out of consistency out of faithfulness out of a desire to to hunger for God's word but it really felt like it was falling flat Rachel like I would read it I'd be like God I know this is your word I know that you will use it because God's Word will never return void and yet it just feels like it's not resonating with me um, but I'm gonna trust that you will use this time right and so there were days and weeks when I would show up, asking God, would you give me a hunger for your word? Because I'm not hungering for it right now, but I'm still going to show up, right? Even if it's just one verse at a time. And fast forward a year, and God used those times in the Gospel of John to make the life of Jesus come alive for me. Um, As I was working on my next book about the love of Jesus, these, these vignettes of him and people and the way he interacted with them and loved them they were just so deeply implanted in my heart and the emotion came later. Like I had allowed that seed to um, be planted in my heart and it wasn't until a year later that I saw the harvest. Uh, But God's word will always produce fruit if we allow our hearts to be receptive.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's so powerful. I'm really glad you brought up the emotions part thing because yes, I am studying to be counselor, but here's what most people may not know about me Uh, If you know me well, you know this about me: is I actually am heavier on the intellect than the emotion, and it's funny as I've studied, even going to a therapist myself. She has been working with me on identifying and feeling emotions because I can actually swing too far the other way. Of let's just think everything through; we're going to overthink it all, and you know my mind is over overly stimulated. My emotions are kind of suppressed, and so we're trying to balance those things out. But I love that you said that because emotions, uh, this is a whole nother topic for a whole nother day. So I'm not going to get super deep in this, but I did just want to highlight that is that emotions are from God. But I think that people kind of live in two camps of either we're just going to ignore the emotions or we're going to let the emotions lead us. Both Mm -hmm. are really dangerous camps to live in, Mm -hmm. you know. And so Mm -hmm. one thing that one of my professors said in one of my classes, I think it was last year sometime, she talked about how with emotions Instead of trying to go around them, which is the ignoring, we need to lean into them and see what's in the middle. (laughs) And sometimes, like for me, that's what that looks like with Bible. I've had multiple times in my life where I do have to go to God and say, "God, I don't feel right. I'm I'm telling what I feel. I'm talking about an emotion. I don't feel like reading your word. So I would love if you would change my heart and give me." Mm-hmm. craving for your word. And I feel mm-hmm. like anytime I do that, he really does show up in that area. And just like you said, sometimes it is just, he'll tell us, okay, then just show up, you know, you show up and I'll show up, you know, it's kind of like this mm-hmm. mutual fun relationship going on with God. So I'm, I'm really
1: glad that you brought that out. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you're kind of, or we don't have to camp out here, but one other <laughs> thing I wanted to mention, it, it ties into my book full is, Um, I had come to realize that I wasn't hungering for God's word. And as I was having this conversation, I think sometimes we're afraid to be honest with God Mm -hmm. and say, like, I don't really hunger for your word because that seems Mm (laughs) wrong. But God knows our hearts, right? He knows us better than we know ourselves. And so as we're honest with him and we invite his light and his truth to shine into our hearts, he then reveals what's hidden. And in my case, I wasn't hungering for God's word because I was stuffing myself with the pleasures of this world. Mm. And that was food. It can be Instagram. It can be shopping. It can be whatever's on Netflix that night. I was stuffing myself with all these other things so that there was no room to hunger for God's word. And he led me into a fast, not because those things are necessarily bad, but because I had given them too much of my time and my attention. And it wasn't until those things were removed from my life that he was then able to stir up that hunger. And Jesus promises, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness because they will be satisfied. That is a promise. Like this isn't a name it and claim it type thing. This prayer is something that honors God and he will answer it. So when we say, God, I don't hunger for your word, but I want to, will you make me hunger for you? And his answer to that is always yes.
0: Yeah. I have to repeat what you said because it's so powerful. You said that we're stuffing ourselves with the pleasures of this world so there's no room to hunger for God's word. That is so powerful. And what a great visual illustration. And even just a reminder as to why we do have seasons where God will ask us to fast Instagram or fast Mm -hmm. watching TV. And I don't don't know about you, but literally the day that I say, okay, yeah, and I you know delete the apps off my phone or whatever, it's like... Oh, a breath of fresh air just yeah. comes in like this piece. Yeah. And you're like, why don't I do this more often? Just like you said, I'm not saying any of those things are necessarily evil in themselves, but they are evil when they take the spot only God was meant to fill. So, <laughs> right, they, and there are seasons where we have to stop. I also love that you mentioned about that. We don't want to be honest with God about what we're feeling. I'll never forget when my pastor told a story about his wife, where she Whispered to him, she was like, "I she well, I'm not going to whisper it because you guys won't be able to hear me, but (laughs) but pretend I'm whispering." And she basically whispered and said, "You know, told him that she doesn't feel like reading the Bible." And he was like, he whispered back, "You know, God can hear you, right? You know." (laughs) And she was like, "Oh yeah, like, duh. He already knows what's in our heart. You know, he's just waiting for us to confess it." So I'm glad you brought that point up. Um, Okay, so you've mentioned a few times about that there's a couple different things in your book. One is a snack and one is a feast, right? What's Mm -hmm. the difference between the two?
1: Yeah. So the snack is like a three minute devotional, Mm -hmm. um, based on scripture. So I'll always have women in scripture because I believe in the power of God's word. Um, but it's something that is low commitment and it doesn't ask much of the reader. Right. But I always invite readers to take that truth and continue to meditate on it all day long. The feast portion is an inductive Bible study. It is involved It is a lot. (laughs) It is literally a feast. Mm. Um, And so I would advise women to allow 30 to 45 minutes for that portion. It's not designed that you do both a day. It's rather an invitation to assess, like become aware of yourself and how much time you have for that day. And then do one or the other. There are women who are in a season of life where they can Give God more of their time than they are, and so I've heard from readers who are choosing to fast from Netflix or Instagram or whatever the case is, and they're saying, "I'm going to do, um, you know, maybe the the snack in the morning, and I'm going to do the feast at night. So that hour that I would typically spend watching my favorite show for this season, I am mm-hmm. investing it in God's word. Um, and again, God's word will always, always bring forth fruit; yeah. it won't turn void.
0: Yeah. So what about if today I wanted to do the snack and tomorrow I wanted to do the feast, will I be behind if I don't? Does nope. that make sense? Like each yeah. day sit yeah. on its See, own? Yeah. I thought of it.
1: is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking of, of us busy women. No. So there, there's no correlation okay. between the snack and the feast. So it's not like they're cumulative. And, and I did that on purpose. I mentioned earlier, it's not like um, we're going through a book of the Bible or like a topical study. And it's for that reason, because the main purpose is to build that consistent habit. So yeah, do the snack one day, do the feast the next day, do the snack for like 16 days in a row after that, and then pick up another feast and you're fine. And the beauty of the book is like, you can do it with someone else. And then each of you can do either the snack or the feast for the day, depending on how much time you have. And you can still come and talk about it because it's on the same passage. Um, So it lends itself beautifully for small groups, for discipleship or accountability partners. And toward the end of the book, I invite women to consider, like, who is someone that you can invite into this relationship so that you might do Bible and breakfast together? That really is my heart. You know, the scripture was not written originally to be read individually. Mm -hmm. That's not to say that it's not a good practice for Mm -hmm. us to have private time in God's word. But the way that the books of the Bible were written we typically for communities to read together and to discuss together. And so there's also that element to this book of Bible and Breakfast of inviting you to read the Bible in community.
0: This is such a powerful tool because not only are you helping people form good spiritual habits and, you know, grow in God's word. I'm like you. I'm always like, you know what? If all I did was hop on this podcast and just read you guys scripture, I would believe that would be all you need. You know, there's just so much power in the scripture. We, I feel like sometimes we forget that. We feel like we have to constantly be adding on or interpreting. And I'm like, I don't know, just let's read it. But then also that this is such a fun idea. Like I would love to do, this as a community, like you mentioned, but even just as like Christmas gift ideas for the family, you know, give all of your family members a copy of this and then say, hey, starting in January, we're going to do this all together. I just think that'd be really fun. So hopefully, I I think if you're listening, you might want to consider doing something like that. I know I'm going to be. Okay. So I am curious about the, re- you said there are recipes in the book. I am curious to know how you figured out what you're going to clu- include on those, especially since. So many people are like gluten-free, dairy-free, all (laughs) all the things, you know?
1: (laughs) Yeah. You know, personally, I've been on a journey of trying to eat healthier and natural foods and feed my family that way too. So it was really important to me that I include recipes in the book that honor that commitment. Mm. Um, So all the recipes are – Rich in vegetables or fruit, mm. <laughs> and there are ways to pair it with protein if protein's not already part of the dish. With breakfast, um, so many of them are egg-based, right? So you kind of have that built in. But then there are other fun ones too, like power balls or there is a spinach, creamed spinach recipe that's Romanian, mm. uh, which is my background. So there are a few recipes that are Romanian that I've adapted, and then they're all recipes that my children will eat mm-hmm. because there's nothing worse than like picking up a book and getting excited about it and then being like my kids aren't gonna eat any of this and it's not realistic to cook two different meals right yeah so those are all kind of considerations that went into which recipes I chose we came up with a legend so that there are um, like signifiers for recipes that are gluten-free there are recipes that can be made with children so I cook in the kitchen with my kids a lot. And there are some that you just don't want your kids to be around either because it's over the stovetop a lot or using a lot of knife skills. Um, but the ones that are children found really are noted. And then the third one that was also important to me was recipes that you can either freeze or prep ahead of time. Because I don't know about you, but when I try to eat healthy, <laughs> I'm more likely to eat healthy if I'm prepping The meals ahead of time. So those are in there to kind of help you meal plan. And I will just clarify to say I have zero expectation that readers will make a new recipe every single day. So this isn't like a meal plan, right? (laughs) This is just a collection of 31 of our favorite breakfast recipes, again, to bring some of that creativity to that consistency of reading God's Word uh, Bible and Breakfast.
0: Yeah. I love that because I have my girls anyways, they really love to cook. And so I already know they're going to get very excited about this book. And it's just fun to, like you said, I love that you basically went ahead and solved all of our pain points and problem solved for us. You're like, oh, I know this will be a problem. And so we're going to make sure, you know, and so I love that. And as a mom who also tries to, you know, eat as healthy as possible in our household, I appreciate that this book will definitely be something we can utilize and have fun with. So thank you so much for that. All right. So uh, before we get off, I would love for you to just share with people where they can find you online or what's what's next for you.
1: The website for the book is Bible and Breakfast. And I encourage listeners to go hop on there. We have a lot of freebies, a lot of resources that will help whether you have the book or not. During the month of October, we're also doing a 31 day Bible and Breakfast challenge. So, I mentioned that this originally started as a blogging series a few years ago. We're bringing that back and inviting readers to join us in doing Bible and Breakfast together. So, you can find that on Instagram. I'm at Asherita, and the hashtag is Bible and Breakfast. Um, and my main hub online as far as websites is called One Thing Alone. And that's where you'll find more about me and my ministry and the books that I've written and a lot of other resources to help you become consistent in your quiet time. And Rachel, one last thing I wanted to mention is um, hopefully you can throw a link in the show notes. Uh, We developed lock screens for phones that will help remind listeners first thing in the morning to turn their attention to jesus so i have one right now on my phone that says in the morning when i rise give me jesus Mm. and so they kind of correlate with the book and those are just a gift to listeners yeah so i can give you that link and it's on bible and breakfast as well
0: perfect yeah we'll definitely include that in the in the show notes for sure because that's very helpful when you just see that it reminds you oh yeah (laughs) <laughs> not, no, not Instagram. Let's go to Bible. So yeah, I love yeah. that. Awesome. Well, thank you for taking the time to come on and talk about this. I am I'm I totally mean this from the bottom of my heart when I say I'm really excited about this book for our family, but also just I know that a lot of people are going to be blessed. Um, I did forget to ask you before I hop off. I want to ask you: Is this just for women, or will men enjoy it too?
1: That's a good question.
0: Um, I write
1: for women. So a lot of the examples might be geared toward women, but men can absolutely read this. And I've had men who have read some of the advanced copies and said, like, it. Obviously, all of God's truth is applicable to everyone, so they yeah. might enjoy it, too. Okay,
0: good. Awesome, because I plan on doing it with my whole family. So,
1: <laughs> All right. Yeah.
0: <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you again for coming on, and I look forward to talking with you next time when I bring you on to talk about your other books.
1: <laughs> thank you so much, Rachel. Okay. I
0: you have a great day. Wasn't that such a fun conversation? I have the Bible and Breakfast book, and our family loves the recipes and the prompts that get us into God's Word on a daily basis. If you want to win a copy of Bible and Breakfast, text the phrase Real Talk Giveaway, that's all one word, to the number 44222 right there on your cell phone. This does not add your cell phone or your email to any list, it's just an easy way to keep track of all the entries. And once you've entered, you're entered for all future giveaways. So no need to enter again if you've already done so. All right, so here's the deal. I want you to make sure that you tune in next week for a solo episode with just me, where I pull back the curtains on a current addiction I'm overcoming. uh, And something tells me you're gonna relate to what I'm going through. Plus I have a really exciting announcement that you don't wanna miss. All right, friends, that's all for today. I pray this episode brought you one step closer to getting real, living free, and pursuing your God-given dreams. I'll see you back here next time on Real Talk with Rachel.